0: Welcome back to Playing the System. I know it's been a long time, a really long time. This uh, interview for this episode with the amazing Jas Shaw from Jas Shaw Solo fame, Simeon Mobile Disco. Simeon, he's also worked with uh, many other great artists, including Gold Panda and many, many more was recorded about two years ago. In between those, uh, today and two years ago, I, well I discussed it in this episode actually, took on a course leader role at the University of Westminster in Music and was responsible for rewriting the course, which in academic language is revalidating. So I talk about that in my interview with Jess. And... It kind of overwhelmed me a lot. It did totally overwhelm me. And this Friday, I'm leaving the role and leaving the University of Westminster after 10 years and going to the University for the Creative Arts not to be a course leader, to be a senior lecturer. So it will be less stressful, less time consuming and we'll open up space for more creativity. Writing academic articles, thinking about music, making music, all that kind of stuff. And it's something, as creatives out there, I encourage you all to do. It was followed the, following the revelations of the brilliant 4,000 weeks by Oliver Berkman that I'm mildly obsessed with. But time management theories don't really work. You kind of pack more in. You get up earlier you get knackered that's kind of what i did and it didn't work and what actually i had to do was make an incredibly painful decision to leave a role and a job that i loved that i was really engaged in super engaged and it meant that i had to to leave or decide to leave and this decides a really interesting idea the word decide is connected to the word homicide and suicide decide and it's to kill the other option so yeah I killed the option of being a course leader and have hopefully taken a less stressful job that's going to open up more family time more space more creative time and I encourage you all if it's important to you to do the same and that is what Oliver Berkman talks about in his time management book for, in the knowledge that time management doesn't work. Ultimately, if you've got 15 things on your list of things that are important to you, it's not the things that are not on the list that are going to get in the way of the first five things that are important to you. It's the things that are listed number six to 15, and crucially six to 10. They're the challenges that you're gonna face. So yeah, it's been a massive two year journey for me I've done, I feel, things I'm really, really proud of in the course. So I've reduced essays by 89% and feeling pretty good about that in light of ChatGPT, which has thrown academics into uproar. So the assessments are much more practical. They're much more real world. They're much more focused on musical creativity, production, performance and business. So I'm super proud of that and, you know, looked very closely at diversity metrics and things like that to to make the course much fairer. So I'm super proud of that, as well as bringing in modules that are aligned with current industry practice, things like songwriting, track and top line, data and analytics, things like that. So massive shout out to any of my colleagues, if you're listening. Um, Thanks for the incredible three year run as course leader. Thank you for the support and the faith and belief in me to do the job and crucially thanks to the students you are amazing source of huge inspiration life you know majesty at being a creative person so you've been the real lifeblood for this and I'm sorry to leave so big shout out to all of you if any of you are listening it's been an amazing run now it's time for down the rabbit hole before we get into the first cut of the immense Jas Shaw talk, where we talk about what my wife does for a job. Stay tuned if you want to know. We talk about parenting and the challenge of being a creative person with kids. Um, we talk about a lot about the nature of arts education, which is quite interesting, and Jas did a science-based Education. I had an arts-based education. So we talk a lot about that and we talk about kids and music and you know approaches to Teaching kids music. So that's all coming up in this episode. And Yeah, now we're gonna go down the rabbit hole Okay, hi, welcome back to down the rabbit hole for today's Down the rabbit hole. I've been really inspired by Jamie Liddell's massive modular looper. So I thought I'd try and create my own. And here it is. I've been working on it for some time. And uh, I decided to set myself the creative limitation of a 104 uh, Intelligel HP case, because for me, have been into modular for a while now, and I actually believe that a lot of the fun comes in trying to contain the modules into complete systems and yeah for me that's where I find a lot of the creativity obviously I usually don't manage it and have to use pod breakout boxes but hey that's also the fun right if you just need that extra bit it's modular so you can add extra stuff in uh, I'm just going to take these leads out because that was a little uh, experiment that I'm not quite ready to to do and I'd, I don't want it to be any more confusing than it already is. Okie dokie, so Let me explain how it works. So I have audio coming into my mixer over here Uh, Let's just uh, give you a mixer shot There we go. So yeah, audio is coming in on the mixer and you can see all my uh, nicely colored labels down there uh, to detail everything that's going in. So yeah, audio goes into the mixer and then that gives me routing options to send it to different processes. So I've got mine set up to the 4-track, to a Ewer machine, and to this Intelligel case where it comes into the inputs here and then goes in through this line in, in which these wires here go through to this malt and then this Malt goes down into the ER301 inputs. So let's just uh, stop that whizzing. And if I play some notes on the Juno and route it through, <coughs> whoo, there you can see the ins are going into that input there, which is great. Um, And then the ER301 is set up as a sampler, I've created my own custom looper. So let's just have a look at that, let's unpack it, and I've packaged it all up uh, into, um, into a nice tidy little folder. So now we're at kind of the first layer of the custom looper, so we can see reset and punch uh, coming from Pam's workout. Now what this is ultimately doing is it's resetting the loop buffer and starting a punch in and that's just happening automatically Uh, I think it's on about 15 seconds but obviously we're only going to get as far as the reset trig. So if I play the keys play the Juno we will then be able to record into the constantly cycling loop buffer and I've set up using this great Fator F8R which has an I2C port behind this and the ER301. So that basically just means I don't need any cables which I know is kind of the point of modular but for me I get a bit overwhelmed when there is just spaghetti everywhere and I like to try and keep the modular interfaceable. So we've got and I've labelled these up nice because I kept forgetting. So this left one here is dub. So if I hold down the Juno with dub on, it's constantly looping and then I can pull dub off and it will capture the audio. So now that has recorded the audio into the loop buffer and this is a VCA on all and I've got it set up for three different samples, sample playback devices. So if I put the all up, that's the VCA for all, everything that's in the ER301 and if I fade this up we should be able to hear the first sample buffer. And there it is. How cool is that? Now, this is where it gets really really fun, right? Because not only do I have that is on a standard pitch, I've also set up the ER301 to have octave or pitch on this first sample playback. So I can raise that up an octave, which is cool. I've got a second sample playback an octave down and I've also got a pitch on that. a lot of fun and this is where it gets really exciting so for my third sample I've got it set up as a granular so and on this I can control I can control the pitch but I can also control the length the start and the speed pitch here. how cool is that, so I've got quite a lot of control in my uh, 301 which I like, now that is going From there, the output of the 301 is being molted into beads, clouds and arpa, and then all of that is going through magneto. So, I can turn up the magneto. And just for maximum control, because that's what I like most with modular, I've got everything passing through these two mutable instruments' veils. So that's the beads. Clouds. And I can now record into the Arbar sample buffer as well. this R-bar. Super cool, right? So I've got a lot of control over this stuff. So on top of that I've also got everything running through my wondrous Octatrack. So I can put something in, create this crazy world in the uh, modular looper and then I can from that I can create patterns in the old octa track. So let's give that a go. Let's just let's just run that. So I'm going to create a chord on the Juno. Gonna dub. So now that'll be captured in the 301. There it is. We can set it through beads and clouds and arbor. some granular and now we can capture it all on the octa track there she is so now that is on the octa track Of course, what I love so much, that little track is the scenes. Bloody love that Ucht track, and that's kind of that's sort of it. You know, it's a it's a system that uh, facilitates a lot of spontaneity, flow, and creativity. So yeah, I hope you like that. Welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole uh, Live Looper, and uh, if you'd like a deep dive on the ER three hundred one and how to, how I set all that up, I'm happy to do it. But you'd be better off going to Neil Parfit's channel because I learn everything from him, because he really is the master. So yeah, Wicked. Enjoy the next section with uh Josh Shaw, and I'll see you next week for the next Down the Rabbit Hole.
1: Things. i'm just also turning off myself a
0: view i found on zoom you can hide self view oh
1: can Which, you do that
0: yeah yeah that if sounds you click on fucking your link,
1: great hang on a minute oh I'm mate wanna... it's
0: it's a game changer
1: yeah because then you don't go oh no they're looking at that oh. yeah.
0: have you found it if yeah. you click on your picture there's some little there's a little sub menu
1: oh yes pin what's that
0: I think that's like pin yourself to be always on view. Because like, it's like, imagine talking to people. Imagine like you had a hat with like two mirrored panels coming down and you were having like a conversation it. with someone. Like that's what having, talking on Zoom is like, isn't it? Like yeah. you don't see yourself. When you're in conversation with someone, you don't see yourself yeah. unless you're talking in front of a mirror. But most which, of the time you don't. Which
1: is your own stupid fault.
0: Yeah, which is your own stupid <laughs> fault, right? <laughs> But you don't see yourself and on Zoom for, you know, for the last year I've had this like, you know, unfortunately you get more distracted by you than (laughs) anything else in life. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um...
0: And now I'm feeling like now I found I can hide myself. It's actually making me a bit anxious because it's like I've disappeared. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so the, the transition to back it. to modern life yeah, uh, yeah. like it's okay we can have this conversation but can you hold this picture of me slightly mm. to your side
0: yeah yeah <laughs> so I can feel reassured you that go, I do
1: exist <laughs> um wow yeah that's um yeah it's funny because um I guess so are you doing teaching over zoom
0: yeah so co- coronavirus has had this effect because i you know do music and my wife Mm. is a balloon twister as well as a musician but coronavirus pretty much yeah she's a balloon twister professional (laughs) balloonist
1: wow i I just love how casually you just you just sort of glossed over it
0: i know well i have this conversation with everyone of course everyone everyone stops me and reels me back they're like hang on a minute what (laughs) your wife is a what i'm like she's a balloon twister
1: did i mean that's not how you met that's right? not
0: how we met we met because no? she's also a musician
1: right yeah that's the common factor it yeah, makes yeah. more sense
0: yeah it but actually, you're sense. gonna love this jazz yeah do you know the name of the company she worked for as a balloon twister it's british is a worker genius ministry of fun <laughs> wow <laughs> like it. Yeah. Of all the places, surely people want to work. It's like I want to sign myself up to the Ministry of Fun. I want to work there.
1: <laughs> that is,
0: and they did. They were responsible. They were one of the first people to do those big pop up crazes. Do you remember when advertising went pop up,
1: and oh, you'd yeah. see
0: kind of flash mobs
1: events? They were one,
0: they were they were the sort of first flash mob based UK promoters. So like Cadbury's and all these companies would hire Ministry of Fun to sort of go and take over London Bridge or whatever and do this sort of crazy thing on it.
1: It's starting to sound more ministry than fun now, isn't it? Yeah, right. You see, you see how the ministry got in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just, the fun was sort of, it's, it kind of, you go Ministry of, and they get fun. Oh, yeah, fun, no, fine, fine. Yeah. The, do we need to ask about the ministry bit? you don't it's fine concentrate (laughs) on the fun it's fine but there's something
0: quite bizarrely orwellian about it that i really like
1: yeah yeah i mean yeah it's it's layered yeah it's (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot going on there wow that is a maverick it's a very satisfying uh to just to know that there is a job yeah right it's just it's like it's one of those things that you just think it's just someone who has always wanted to do it and just does it in their spare time and just has to do some menial task but she's really she's been doing music and ballooning yeah she's fucking crushing it
0: i know so um yeah parenting was a bit of a shock
1: yeah i bet that must have been that must have been you know in the kind of kindest sense of the word disappointing in comparison to ballooning (laughs) although there are some transferable skills. So...
0: Yeah, yeah, there are, there are. Um, So yeah, she, yeah, we did meet through the balloons. But coronavirus kind of wiped that out and wiped me out. Yeah. Enough. And we were just both a little bit under the government rules. You know, they didn't say this, but their rules were 51% of your income, right? It was like the majority. So there was the the rules for some, some financial support... Were the That's majority, which when you're a Tory is no, it's fifty-one percent.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's not par- it the really amount is, you need
0: it? to live. It's fifty-one <laughs> <Yeah>. percent. <laughs> and we were both forty-eight percent.
1: That's so. How we got, on earth did you work? I suppose you worked it out literally by income.
0: Yeah, I just did the income, divided it up. We are both on forty-eight percent self-employed. Both of you. Yeah, because she'd been on maternity leave with our kid
1: it's like your own personal brexit loss
0: yeah it was it was exactly yeah brexit
1: two and then three
0: (laughs) and then three so um, yeah and at the same time i got offered a full-time job at westminster uni yeah um writing and running their music course brilliant so i'm now the boss of that which is you know it's a it's a thing yeah it's you know it's big there's like 300 students and yeah. 30 staff, and I kind of run it. I've never run anything in my life apart from well, away you... from jobs. <laughs> no, that's not true. Okay, so you I've say run, that. I've run bands. i yeah, you and, say that. And Megan that. said to me, think yeah. of it like you're MDing, you know, the proms band. version of your band. Yeah. I was like, I can do that. That's no problem, so I can do yeah. that. Yeah. I, th-
1: I think, because like, I've seen this with a lot of mates who um, have been in bands... And obviously, you know, there's a sort of there's a spread of people from Muppets to just, you know, to people who uh, to just people who want to do something and music happened to be the thing they want to do. And the horrible thing about leaving the music industry is that the perception of it is that you're basically an unemployable drug addict. Right. And yeah, true, I think yeah. in I think I've met people that are unemployable drug addicts. There's no question about it. I think I've employed some of them. In yeah. fact, um, I think I definitely have. Yeah, yeah you definitely have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the other side of it is that um, in order to be in a band, you have to be really organised and really yeah. driven. And it's actually a lot easier to do most other jobs because someone just says, Right, are you qualified to do this? And you go, I am. And they go, right, we'll do it. And then once you've done it, come back and I'll mark it and tell you if it's right. Whereas with a band, it's so much less structured. um, And it's just a really, there's a real weird mismatch between the level of... um, just capability just base yeah. level capability and drive and trust like you don't want people in your band that you can't trust right yeah. so like yeah. virtually anyone who's been in a band for a long period of time unless the whole band are twats they're not a twat mm. it's just it's got to be the case yeah um you just wouldn't do it just wouldn't no. there's no way you'd do it so uh, i suppose it's a long way of me saying that actually being in a band, if you can do it for a long period of time and have any degree of success and not hate each other at the end of it, it's reasonable likelihood that you're actually probably worth employing yep. it's up to someone you know so I yep. think that uh, Westminster made a good decision well good thanks call. for the endorsement yeah it's I mean so... I'm sh- they called me beforehand to check I know, I, okay, I know. Well, they always do they, they,
0: they went down the who's not a twat list and of yeah. course you know, they were number one in the, in the <laughs> list <laughs> people in the world who are not a twat Yeah, Just sure is not a twat
1: <laughs> <laughs> is he a, tw- is he a tw- no not to my is knowledge <laughs> it
0: He's like not the on kind my list. The Ministry of Fun would have. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Is he a twat? <laughs> Is he not a twat? Right, uh, you're employed.
1: Yeah. Um, I've got to say I um in a in a sort of a mixture of um due diligence and uh just personally wanting to sort of catch up with what you have been up to. Uh, yeah. because it's something that we we spoke very briefly uh between the last time i'd physically seen you uh, yeah. and it was really interesting and it seemed like you were in a real kind of period of change
0: yeah
1: um and then so to, to hear the podcast was really interesting because it basically made me want to do your course because you oh, and really? who what's <laughs> the name of the it seemed like it was you and one other person who was doing most of the talking, unless two other people in your band have got very similar voices, um, yeah. who were doing most of the talking and on the podcast. And it seemed, uh, seemed like both of you approach music in a way that I can identify with. And that I feel like I could learn a lot from, um, that's really interesting. And, uh, it freak like as I did, like an arrogant tool. I did science course thinking I could always teach myself art because it's a doddle, right? You know, once you know <laughs> the, science. you know, thinking that like if you're going to learn everything, it'd be quite difficult to learn the science. So I'll get someone else to teach me that. I'll just pick the art up as I go. That'll be fine. Yeah.
0: And uh, how do you feel about that decision now? Because you know this dec- this podcast is is really. About creativity as a system yeah. you know as, as how it all interacts together, the yeah. government is hounding arts based courses, yes. telling us to get jobs in cyber, removing <laughs> funding so how do <laughs> yes, how do you feel you. about
1: that decision now you know <laughs> um, decreasingly confident um, yeah. I, you know what I think it's just uh, it's just a very strong indicator of how minimal a grasp i had really of what an arts degree would be hmm. in any capacity yeah. uh, and i my guess because i I've, I've got two children uh, the oldest of which is now 14 um and i can sort of see i can sort of see it in him as well to a certain extent that there's a sense of like, you know, there's knowledge and then there's just chat, right? Ooh. And like, basically, maths, physics, chemistry, which are the subjects that I did, that's the knowledge and the rest of it's just yeah. chat, you know? Yeah. And I think it's because it's so difficult to, it's, it's so nebulous, right? A lot yeah. of the kind of more, uh, what? What you learn, what I believe, I guess, you learn from uh, an arts course, what I've learned from ages doing, uh, broadly speaking, art, um, isn't that easy? Like you can't really, um, it's not very easy to express in a tidy mm. way. Mm. Um, and because it's quite difficult to express in a tidy way, I think people don't grasp it. I certainly didn't grasp it. And then because you don't grasp it, you don't value it. And then you don't chase it down. Um, Mm. And for sure, I think this cuts across to other sides of things, you know, like humanities, um, which seem, I think there's a sense in certainly... uh, Certainly in, like, maths and physics, there's a sense in which the humanities are, like, basically just pants physics. Um, And that catastrophically misses the point. Um, That was a very long answer, wasn't it? That was a good answer. (laughs) And
0: it's something, my immediate reaction when I was, you know, when I saw the Get a Job in Cyber um, ad, which was just yet another colossal misfooting from the government, especially off the back of what was considered the decade's greatest rebrand of Britishness, which was our Olympic Games ceremony. Huh. You know, prior to the Olympic Games, it was considered a joke that we could even do in Olympic Games. And people were just sitting back, rubbing their hands and waiting for the disaster to unfurl (laughs) with a kind of, only a British glee could take joy in watching our own (laughs) demise on a global stage.
1: Yeah, that's something to be proud of. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, And then we smashed it. The ceremony was considered a great success. I wouldn't say I'm I'm a leading expert in pomp and ceremony, to be honest, but I did watch it and thought, you know that i think this we've done a good job of this you know and yeah. and what we really celebrated among other things you know the nhs and to me the celebration was creativity this is who we are we are british we are creative we our culture is this individual creativity from the invention of the internet through to you know johnny ive who designed iphones through to all of our music literature And to go from the sort of that position to get a job in cyber, I thought, how can you remove arts from business, from success, from entrepreneurialism, from neoliberalism? What is Apple without those iconic images designed by artists. By images, I mean iPhone, the Mm. iMac. What is Apple without that? What is Nike without its art? It's just a shoe. Apple (laughs) is just another computer. (laughs) It's just another crap shoe, isn't it? It's the art on the shoe that changes the value of the shoe from 10 pence to Air Jordan. I mean, how much does a pair of 80s Air Jordans cost you? 5k? 100k? I don't even know. I don't know, but... I don't, I don't know. know.
1: Yeah, you're, you're asking people who.
0: Inmeasur- but an immeasurable sum of money.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for for sure, the um, the it's 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 a mixture of the art and the understanding of culture that has made those things.
0: I mean, what, worthwhile. Like why did Google smash it? Because there's nothing on the home page. It was just a Uh white page with Google and a box. That's one of the greatest pieces of modern art, the Google homepage. Every other search engine was just littered, wasn't it? With stuff.
1: It was just like- I can't even remember, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: I mean, the Uh, algorithm was key, sorting the information, but the second biggest asset that drove Google's success was that homepage
1: that is interesting so you can't remove
0: art, and this is what I think is so frustrating about these misunderstandings of what it means to be an artist in the biggest sense of the word and the training so clearly Jas you picked it up along the way now
1: (laughs) that was the plan that was always the plan so basically look at me now
0: (laughs) (laughs) it did work the first time I encountered you and your music was by accident in Edinburgh and Edinburgh. I went to a show with my dad um, to see, I can't remember the band I went to see because I didn't enjoy it at all, but I love the support band, which was Simeon. Wow. You supported a, one of these, what Mojo would call like a new country or something.
1: Oh, band. Sparkle Horse. Sparkle Horse. Oh, Sparkle Horse. You supported Sparkle Horse, yeah. You not like Sparkle Horse. I've well, got to I say, did. they're a little hit and miss on the road. I uh, loved the, the albums, yeah. but the gig was a
0: little bit, you know, I was in a pretty low place anyway. Oh, and re- that was not the gig I needed at the time. That's interesting.
1: <laughs> I forgot to you support, Sparkle But you supported yeah.
0: Sparkle Horse, and I first encountered your music then and loved it and went and bought
1: the vinyl. Wow. Pretty rad that your dad took you to see Sparkle Horse.
0: Well, my dad comes up a lot in these conversations. My oh. dad is off the, the charts, <laughs> off music, music coolness. He was playing me Ahuli, records from Ahuli, which is a, you know, 19 sort of, I, I don't really know, but he was playing me 1920s and 1930s Mississippi field recordings when I was six. Wow. I
1: mean, i'd argue it might be too early
0: (laughs) yeah i think he was he was going straight in and you know he he brought me you know he brought me up on such to say incredible music is the wrong way to see it he brought me up to be so curious Mm. about music and to always keep going deeper and further yeah you know and when, when the school asked me to write an essay on music, he was like, this is the book you need, son. And he gave me Alan Lomax's book of his Bluesfield recordings. Oh, wow. My essay smashed it because obviously...
1: I, yeah, you know, I bet it did. Dan, that's you the had one. A, basically, what you're saying is you had a head start on the whole rest of us.
0: I <laughs> had a real musical head start, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, he, he just really shaped shaped my musical development in a way that I think is so positive and you would look at now as being the right way to go about it. So when I was interested in, a little bit interested in sound he went and bought me a four track tape machine Mm. didn't know how to work it but just gave it to me and most importantly played music with me and I see a lot of parents say, oh you know my kid is not practicing Yeah, and I say well how do you practice? And they're like, well, they, you know, they kind of get on with it in their room. And I was like, and when do they, you know, not play in their room on their own? And they're like, oh, well, when they go to their lesson. I'm like, so their musical existence is playing the violin on their own in the room and then going and getting told off by the teacher. I'm like, and you're saying that it's yeah. a surprise to you that they're not enjoying it. It's the not the most enticing,
1: <laughs> it's is like,
0: it? It's like, right, okay. So we're going to get into football, right. Half an hour a week, you have got to kick the ball up against the wall, and then for the other half an hour a week, you want to go and get shouted at by the football yeah. coach. And there's no game, there's no other people.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm like, my dad really taught me to music as a social thing, you know, to do it, and I think that's crucial.
1: That is uh, that's interesting and a bit worrying, actually. Um, not not, <laughs> not worrying, what, your not... kids
0: locked in a room with a <laughs>
1: keep playing child number one (laughs) Um, no that's sort of the opposite actually Um, it's worrying because I have taken sort of the opposite tack to that largely because my experience of uh, like music sort of became meaningful to me when I started finding it for myself and before that, when I was told something was good, I would just be like, right, that's good. You know, and then that, oh, and this is good as well, is it? I see what you mean, right? Um, yeah. And so I remember, I remember reading, like at the time, it was like Enemy and Melody Maker. I'd just buy them both and yeah. just, you know, some gobshite in there would be, Oh I like this band. Oh, I don't like that band. And then the next week you would just go oh, I, I like that band. I don't like that band. You know. Yeah. And then I remember they had like a bad review of some band I liked. And it was sort of a very odd experience because it made me realize uh arrogantly like a you know like a 14-year-old would they're basically wrong. You know, yeah. like this likely 20-year-old who had listened to hundreds maybe thousands of records more than me and have been out to real clubs. They haven't really grasped it. I mm. had. Yeah. Um, and that sort of on one level, that's stupid because it is just arrogant, but like on another level, it made me kind of not unpack any more music. Mm. You know, I just was at that point, I would occasionally still buy it because, you know, it just become a habit. But at that point, I think I started to kind of maybe take take response you know as a similar age as well like it's an age where you feel like you need your own identity and I think that I was starting to uh, build that identity based on the media right you know like it's slightly different to now um, but it's comparable you know you've got kind of Uh, People who have got profile in the media and they just, uh, you know, have opinions and that's, you know, Mm. that's fine. But um, uh, if some and the thing is difficult because. You do, like, a lot of people, you know, they'll listen to a lot of records and parse out the good ones, save you a lot of time, and it can mean that you hear things that you wouldn't otherwise be exposed to. But there's a trade-off with it where I think sometimes you don't do your own, is this good? Like, is yeah. this actually working on me? Or am I just yeah. liking it because uh, it got very highly rated on yeah. a blog or Whatever you know, this this particular media outlet that uh, is highly regarded, and it's obviously not that you one removes the other, but there's a danger that um, you don't interrogate things quite as interrogates. Maybe a bit of a strong word, but
0: <laughs> something the I, Ministry of Fun might yeah, Ministry. <laughs>
1: not much fun is it but yet, like do you know what i mean like i feel like yeah. when, when music comes in like uh i i try not to like there's quite a lot of records that like if i've read some stuff about them i just won't listen to them sometimes mm. for like a year or so mm. like i've still not listened to uh the you know the second the two most recent all records sign and then there's a, another one which i've not done yet because i've read a bunch of stuff about it and i feel like i just won't all I'll hear is somebody else's opinion all the way through it. Yeah. And I need, that needs to sort of subside so that I can like, I don't know, it just won't be a kind of, I won't, I won't hear it. You know, I'll just, it will just be on <laughs>
0: while that's I'm really there. Interesting, that's a really interesting perspective. So do you feel like you seek that, would you call that an authentic connection, a, a disillusioned connection, a um, pure connection? What are you seeking there?
1: Uh, I'm nervous of the word authentic.
0: I know, because cause it's I, a loaded word. It
1: is, yeah. It basically is a word for selling jeans, isn't it? It's not it's not it's a
0: yeah. It almost means the opposite.
1: Yeah, it's like there's just it just it brings some baggage with it that I don't think we need. Um I think that
0: What about like a physical experience then, rather than an intellectual or mental one? Are you seeking What sort of
1: physical experience are we <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What do you mean?
0: Well I mean where Music can move you, you know, it can give you like goosebumps, yeah. it can move you physically. Yeah, yeah. And that music has this incredible way of almost bypassing mental processes, which as I know is impossible biologically, but it seems to have a, a direct route in to what you could call soul or spirit, it seems to find its way. And we can't close our ears in the same way we can close our eyes. And I wonder as well, I've thought a lot about this. Apparently hearing is one of the first, if not the first sense, to develop in babies, and the amniotic fluid in the womb is incredibly sound conducive. So music and sound is the first thing that goes in, and I wonder what the connection is between that first sense as a baby and our experiences of music. But it seems to me that maybe' you're, you're you're wanting that primal connection with it rather than a filtered yeah. cultural connection
1: yeah i think yeah i just i don't want to unpack it mm. you know and i i think i've got quite used to uh switching that radar on and off you know being yeah. a kind of music producer you have to kind of you switch it on and you go right you know that's too loud no, 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 do all of that and then you've got to quite quickly turn it off and just you know listen to it as a whole and yeah. see just whether you like it and um I can't like I I think that there's just a diff there's a I remember just hearing people talking about a particular I can't even remember what record it was but like a particular record and they were like oh you know I really like this about it and I really like that about it and you know I don't like this about it and it seemed like the process of deciding whether they liked it became quite um like a sort of enumerating process where they'd go yeah i like how in tune tick the singer is i like the words tick i like uh i like that they use a banjo tick i don't really you do what i mean okay so they're sort of and and this this process of um of unpacking the record yeah into elements that they might like or dislike mm. and then you, effectively you just look at your your two piles and you go this, this one's bigger i like this record mm. whereas i think that um, i think that that process really mi- is like proper wood for the trees situation you just you've what you've done is you've you've, you've looked at like Each separate element, and you've not really engaged with it as a whole object. Yeah, and it's something that I have to just constantly remind myself to do. Like, you know, from years and years of just, you know, I'll hear something, I'll be like, oh man, like the hi hats sound awful on this. Like, okay, but that isn't that shouldn't inform whether I like this record. Like, let's just let's just take a step back. Like, how? Like, does am I is this working on me? Like, do I, Mm. do I feel any, like, am I feeling anything? Like, am I having thoughts from it? Um, And somebody else's review um, is just noise at that point. Do you see what I mean? Mm. It's like, it's noise, it's noise, it's like mental noise that gets in the way. It's just another layer of mental noise because there's all of it it's there's all the noise in my head as well of like Mm. me going you know engineering this that you know mix compression (laughs) like you need to kind of squash all of that stuff out the way and just try and just be really simple like no uh like nothing clever about it like do i like it that simple like did you like it Mm. right like and and almost like down to like just a binary level like, did you yeah. like it? Yes or no. I don't want to know how much you liked it or in which ways you liked it. Like, was was it good? You know, like, yeah. so, so, so simple. Um, and all of that just extra, all the extra clever stuff, all the extra cultural stuff, all of that stuff, it seems to distract away from the real <laughs> idiot uh, level. But I just, that's all I really want, to be honest. Yeah. Like, when I listen to someone's record, like... I just want to get a sense of like whether I sound so dumb now to like the more I say it the stupider it sounds. Did you like it? Yeah. Did you, do you like the biscuit? Um you know it's like it it is kind of it's it's like a real low level of affirmation but yeah. it's really at, like at the end of it it's the only important one. So yes that was
0: episode one of the amazing uh, Jas Shaw interview. There's more to come so next week we will be looking more in depth at Jas's creative process and his use of sequences and modulars and stuff like that which is really exciting plus the down the rabbit hole Next week will feature me exploring these uh, concepts that Jas Jules uses in the creation of his music, which is really cool. And I just want to say a massive thank you to you if you're still here at the end. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a supporter of the show. If you want to reach out, send me any music or any thoughts or ideas, please do at mattgoodison at mac.com. Um, and yeah, happy to, uh, hear your thoughts. Stay well, stay creative,
1: stay engaged, and I'll see you next week. Bye.